Hello, and welcome to Punching Out. Every week, we're here on Wayo Radio talking about the problems people have with their work, whether it's incompetent bosses or unfair policies, hostile workplaces or dismal paychecks, or anything in between. We want to hear from you. If you'd like to share your work problems with us, email us at punchingoutwayo at gmail.com and let us talk about them. Tune in and punch out. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. Hey guys, welcome back to Punching Out. Well, welcome the first time, I guess. Uh, this is Lou. I'm with here today with Noah and Alfred, and we're discussing human resentments again. This time it's personnel. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> For those of you who didn't uh, get to listen to our last episode, first of all, you probably should. It was great. <laughs> Second of all, these episodes are based on the fact that somehow, for some reason, I ended up on a listserv of HR emails, human resources related emails, where they're sending us all sorts of webinar invitations, conferences, things like that. These things that cost, you know, $300 for people to attend and... Well, attend strong. It's a webinar. <laughs> yeah. To, so, to fall asleep. Sit there and play, and play yeah. Tetris or something. Exactly. Yeah, but get like, yeah. A, develop, like pers- or a development credit or something. Well, well, Noah, how did you get these? Why did you get these? I don't know. <laughs> At some point, I must have signed some sheet of paper that said, I'm interested in receiving these incredibly anti-worker emails, but I don't know when and I don't know how that happened. But I've been receiving them for about 18 months now, and eventually I kind of noticed that a lot of them were just absolute golden grist for the punching out mill because (laughs) these are – this is the pros that human resources professionals are using to attract other people to – well, again, fall asleep during their webinars. (laughs) This is the thing that makes them go, oh, this will get people to come to the thing I'm doing. And if you actually read them – you start wondering very, very quickly what kind of person works in HR because these are written to be just incredibly awful to people that these people have to work with. You're, you're, just, you're not willing to accept that you're now part of a secret society because that's what that is. <laughs> that's the secret society. I think it's more oh like it's, it's his cover. You, know, oh. you have to do some some yeah. like behind the scenes work uh, or whatever to mm-hmm. to to make them think. Yeah, no, I'm a your average worker, no big deal. You're a, are you a mole? Is that yeah? It's yeah. the mole for the rest it's, of us. It's the departed, but for human resources, <laughs> <laughs> which is perfect because as we talked about last up or the last time we did this, HR people are cops. Exactly. Oh, it's yes. So oh. I guess I guess then that makes me Matt Damon because I'm the mole and the cops, right? I guess. It's uh, literally we're gonna, we're gonna slip into how did this get made. Yeah, yeah. let's stop now. <laughs> That's a different show. Worst anyway. Better podcast. Here, so better what podcast. are we talking about this time? Last time the topic was how all your employees are trying to get away with something. This time it's personnel. What does that mean? Well, if you thought your employees are constantly trying to get one over on you was bad enough, this time we're going with your employees are literal demons from hell who are <laughs> trying to murder you from hell. From hell. I don't know. I, last time we <laughs> talked about the, when we were talking about the sort of your employees are trying to get one over on them. I, I mean, I think the jury is a little out because they kind of earn that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the companies are earning exactly. this 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 kind of behavior. Absolutely. The the vilification of the employee is not really the same thing. <laughs> that's that's their strategy. Yeah. Yes. It's th- this is more the last time it was a little bit more of here's what they think we're doing. Uh, even when we're not, or even when it's deserved, this time it's a little bit more of essentially, how dare you? How this is this is a level of exaggeration that is outrageous. So, so the question today will be, how dare we? Well, yeah, 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 pretty yeah. much. How what? dare we want jobs? How dare we want to keep jobs? Yeah, and, and I mean that that is a question. Why would I want to do this? It's more like, why won't you let me? Since you've already determined I have to. How come they don't ask that? In interviews. There you go. Oh, interviews, huh? Well, (laughs) why don't we start with one of these? Clever segue. (laughs) We've got the art and science of behavioral-based interviewing. So we start off... Wait, wait, wait. we got to talk about what behavioral-based interviewing is. Good point. What is behavioral-based interviewing? (laughs) All right. So as usual, uh, behavioral-based interviewing is questions that are based on an action. So at your previous job... 
what did you do? It's interesting to me because for anyone who's gone to college in the last, I would say, about 10 years now, maybe longer, behavioral-based interviewing is just interviewing. Right. Yeah. That, that's how it is now. Right. Everywhere you go, no matter what uh, you're being interviewed for, it is always based on these things because it prizes certain qualities in a person, which are right. not the qualities that they say they're looking for. No, I exactly. mean, it's an audition. It's not an interview. It's an there audition. Nobody yeah. cares about what you know or really can do. It's exactly. how well you present it. So what are the emails saying about this behavioral-based interviewing? Because we already think it's BS. Well, So <laughs> how are they selling it to us? What they're saying is that um, apparently since even HR people, the sainted HR people of these emails, <laughs> the elect, are not, um, <laughs> since even they so are society. not good enough at judging behavior, the the idea is that this methodology will improve your hiring process. You'll make better hiring decisions. You won't hire so many, um, I don't know, layabouts or ne'er-do-wells right. or whatever term you want, to the tune of apparently... Because definitely, you know, the people you don't want to hire, they're definitely not liars who could make up answers. And it's totally not like <laughs> your interviewing method doesn't, like prize lying and sociopathy to an absurd degree. But apparently, if that's who you want to hire, then you can more predictably hire them with behaviorally based interviewing because (laughs) normally you have only a 10% success rate of predicting on-the-job behavior, whatever that means. Apparently, with behaviorally based interviewing, this predictability improves to, well, improves by 500%. What does that even mean? What possible thing could you measure in either of those things to make that true? I I work in education, and this is the least quantifiable thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I think... 60% of the time, it works every every time. time. Yeah, you you might as well have just... This is is head-on levels of proof, you know? It's It doesn't really... The... It's sad because the email itself, the the text itself, doesn't really give you anything that is Mm -mm. fresh meat, except maybe it seems to refer to this idea of there being an objective hiring decision, and I'm making 72-point air quotes with my fingers right now. So so it's it's not necessarily agreed upon, but there is evidence out there that interviewing is not an effective way of of hiring people, which is true, but, uh, you know... What else? Am what I else are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> what else am I well, gonna do? I like the fact that he sa- this this session this webinar thing will have three hundred and thirty eight behavioral based questions for practice. Now, right. I have been in many interviews in the last few years, and I I, I had like five, yeah, and the same ones all the time. What are three hundred thirty eight questions yeah. that you could come up with? I don't know. When 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 someone tied their shoe using their left hand in your last job. How did you react and respond to their right what hand? What method of being? corporal what, punishment did I, you use? What, what are the, how, how, minu- how much minutia yeah. do you need for 338? Because they all You see a turtle call. on its back. It yeah. appears to be struggling. What do you do? I'm playing. Yeah. I'm LARPing. I'm going to play role play. Yeah. Yes. D&D. Yes. <laughs> this is a Voidkampf test. Yeah. Because I'm not going to lie. I actually do use some of these techniques in my interview. Because, again, I hire people. But... Like those are not the most effective one. Like give them a scenario and see how they <laughs> react. Well, they don't actually know what I'm expecting. Like that's part of yeah. training. So so part of these <laughs> these behavioral things is they're trying to get away with doing as little on the job training as possible. Which right. by the way has been proven to be one of the the most important indicators of employee satisfaction is how much training they oh, get yeah. and how mm-hmm. how good the quality is. How well it. they're onboarded. Exactly. Yeah. So, that, that's so a they're massive trying, thing. Yeah. So, so that, that whole thing is expensive process of training and everything like that, but they're trying to avoid it because it is expensive. And they're also, not only are they trying to avoid it, I think, I think um, when you provide training orientation to new employees, yeah. part of what you're trying to do is hide the stuff that you do badly. Yeah. And I think that's also part of the problem is I don't want to have to tell them how to do things or help them because right. then they'll see that I've been kind of skirt. I've been, to go back to the previous episode, I am violating the various. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um. I, and and these, these kind of questions, I think the worst part about them is that they create this not only do do they reward by hiring people who are kind of underhanded and and able to make up stories on the the fly and everything like that. Elected president. Oh, goodness. Um, (laughs) It's true, though. Is You're hiring people who are going to be able to show a good face to their boss. So... You know, you're, you've already started from the beginning, before this person's even hired, you've started this culture of manipulation and deceit and everything like that, that may look good, 
because you always want to make sure that you have this smiling face to your boss and say, yeah, this is going really well. But say this person is put in charge of people. Oh, like yeah. being a manipulator and lying and and generally being able to to hide things like that is not good management. No, but it can get you pretty far sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> Especially in certain... Because who <laughs> hires people but the people above exactly. you? So if you're exactly. able to already look like that, that's one of the reasons why cor- corporate culture, by and large, is awful. Yeah, it replicates its own stupidity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and Lou, I have a basic question for yeah. you. Every Everything you said is 100% true. I don't want to disagree with <laughs> it, but I was thinking of something. When you interview these people, mm-hmm. I assume that at some point you have read their resumes. Oh, yeah. Right, because I have been in on interviews before where it has been immediately clear, like <laughs> on the first question clear, that the person interviewing me or the people interviewing me have no clue <laughs> what I put on there. They yeah. have not read my cover letter. I have. They are asking about competencies that I have explicitly yeah. said I don't have. Right. So at that point, I'm wondering, are you asking me to lie? Yeah. Are you asking me to be honest? Is this where I get up and say, I'm sorry for wasting your time. I'll get out. Yeah. You know, I'll show myself out. I don't need any help. <laughs> Am I supposed to make something up? Because it doesn't just prize charisma and and underhandedness it prizes a very specific mm-hmm. kind of that yeah I, and i think that's just gross incompetence on their part as well because if you're going to interview somebody who doesn't necessarily meet you. yeah <laughs> if you're going to interview somebody who doesn't necessarily meet the criteria you're looking for then then there was hopefully a reason why you called them into the interview in which case you should adjust accordingly yep. like what what were you looking for in that candidate that that's perhaps different. What were you trying to hope for? Like, look for that. Well, uh, Lou, Lou, you've interviewed a lot of people. So mm-hmm. how many times, and, and be as honest as you feel comfortable, mm-hmm. how many times did you interview someone knowing full well they're not getting this, not, there's no way they're getting this job um, before you even start? Yeah. <laughs> so so there's... You paused. That, yeah. That's a bad, that's yeah. a bad sign. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not based on their their resume nope. usually no. um there's a principle in interviewing and uh, there's studies done like the first 12 seconds you meet with somebody mm-hmm. is the biggest determinant on whether or not yep. you'll hire somebody so yes i have like met somebody and said oh no this is not going to go well on the other hand i have changed my mind mid-interview about people like it said you know before I'm like i'm not sure about this person by the end i'm like yeah okay they'll work you know what we're building on though is i think the thing that comes out of all of this is the theme of they don't want risk. They yeah. don't want to hire somebody who may not have... They, they don't want to hire somebody who's not going to be able to essentially extricate themselves out of particular problems, social-type problems, yeah. uh, by talking themselves out of it. Yeah. And two human resources, the biggest risk you can have in a hiring decision <laughs> appears to be Hiring somebody who's got a criminal conviction on their record. Before we go to the criminal conviction, I think one of the things I'd like to emphasize, and I think we all agree, it's not a meritocracy. You do not all come to an interview equally likely to get the position. It's not anything like that. But there's another thing that happens that can also backfire. So obviously in an interview, if you're, if you're, if you seem like you're going to be resistant to independent, too much of an independent thinker Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. also, I have interviewed for jobs where the expectation is that I'm supposed to be extremely intelligent. Literally, I have applied in business intelligence, literal term. But I can't be too smart. Mm -hmm. I have to make sure that my supervisor doesn't feel intimidated. So that sweet spot is impossible to find. Sometimes, yeah. So Mm -hmm. you're kind of so you're 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 sort of always damned if you do and damned if you don't. Yeah. Too dumb, not going to get it. Too smart, not, not going to get, get it. it yeah. Com- being very compliant, depending on who it is, you might get it. Well, and, yeah. and that's the thing. That also <laughs> depends on your supervisor. If your yeah. supervisor is somebody convinced of their own brilliance and intellect, <laughs> they might not. <laughs> There's no supervisors like that. They might paradoxically, <laughs> no, be, they might paradoxically be okay with somebody that they feel is more, quote-unquote, intelligent than somebody else because they're thinking, well, that person is still not a threat. Yeah. Whereas somebody who's insecure is going to be very iffy about so that this, sort of this thing. So this company is selling this tool of behavior-based interviewing as like a fix-all, like this is going to fix all your problems. But clearly there are human elements and, and insecurities and assumptions and all these other things that go into hiring that are already there. So mm. yes, you're going to say all this, but 
that's just like a sugar coating to mm-hmm. to what's right. actually going on. Right. And then yeah. of course get back to now to get back to the segue. Right. So it's not a meritocracy. Yeah. It's not all fair and equal. Right. And you can be knocked out for no reason right. that's Absolutely. present at the interview. Yeah. Yeah. There is no such thing that that much we have made clear that there is no such thing as an objective decision when it comes to hiring. Right. And that companies are always looking to just minimize the risk that they're yeah. taking, even while they complain about having to take <laughs> any risk at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're, we're going to be talking about ban the box, which for those of you who don't know, um, New York State has banned the box. And it, it's essentially on applications before this law was passed, um, uh, almost all employers would ask, have you ever been convicted of a crime? And you'd have to check yes or no. And sometimes they'd ask if yes, then what? But the fear was, ha- or fear from, from employers and labor rights people was, that just having that box would automatically disqualify some applicants from from even being considered. And so what we end up with is uh, this ban the box law update email, which, to to be fair... This, this lady admits that there are pros to ban the box. I just found, I'm sorry, I just found That was a sound. great sting, by the way. Oh, that's so neat. All right. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's break everything. Yeah. So, laws have been springing up in many different jurisdictions require employers to quote unquote ban the box, meaning to stop the practice in which employers include unemployment applications, questions about applicants that's wrongly pluralized, but whatever. <laughs> yes. Prior criminal history. There are pros and cons each way. Again, pros? fair and balanced. Fair and balanced. Yeah, Wait. but the pros and the cons own something because that's why are they apostrophe? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, why do they own there? something? Yeah, why? Why is that there? Well, well, how do how do how do fire HR people for not having simple right. understanding yeah. of yeah. apostrophes? I will say, I don't, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have this person come in for an it, interview. It, it honestly, <laughs> <probably wouldn't>. no way. <laughs> He's applying for a job as an editor at a newspaper. Exactly. I don't know how to use apostrophes. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, Tell me, you mean tall comma? I don't know how to use big comma, <laughs> tall comma. Uppercase comma. Uppercase upper comma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? We, 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 should, we, you know, we have to take a break, and we'll come back, and ba- we'll clear our, clear our heads, <laughs> and then ban the box. All right. Oh, we'll be right back. This is Punching Out, a project of the Punching Out Collective, and we want to hear about the struggles you face as a worker. You can tell us your stories by sending an email to punchingoutwayo at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook, and we're on Twitter, at punchingoutwayo. Tune in and punch out. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. Hi. Uh, we're back with more Punching Out. Today I'm joined by Alfred. Hello. And Louise. Hey. And um, before the break, you heard us all guffawing loudly <laughs> at what to call various punctuation marks. Um, but, but we were talking about ban the box. Ban you know, box. an actually important issue. Yeah. <laughs> and when we left off, we were admitting that this presenter is at least willing to admit that there are pros to banning the box, or we're not getting back into it. Anyway, <laughs> um, that there are pros and cons each way with those that favor these ban the box laws contending <laughs> that such information on job applications can cause qualified candidates to not qualify for many job positions, which may cause higher rates of blah, 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 blah. Uh, sorry. Repeat criminal offenders because they cannot find jobs. Oh, Critics awesome. of these ban the box laws. Comma. <laughs> yep. <Yeah>. Are mostly <laughs> employers who are concerned about security in the workplace and protecting employees and customers from violence. Yes, because that is the only, only <laughs> right. kind of conviction that would ever exactly. disqualify okay, Can I ask you. another grammatical thing? So when it says, oh when it says <laughs> such information on job applications can cause qualified candidates to not qualify... Isn't that an oxymoron? If they're qualified yeah. um, candidates, Why are they they're, not? Not, yeah. they're already qualified. That's so what <laughs> you're saying is you're discriminating against them based yeah, on you're, that. Yeah, you're, you're actively you're not hiring yeah. a yeah. candidate that can do the job Why not because call of them? something that doesn't relate yeah. right. to the position. Yeah. They're all, you know, they've all been convicted of violent <laughs> yeah. yes, crimes. Yes, yes. They're all murderers. How many, what, yeah. I don't have the stat. I wish I looked it up. The stats for what, you know, what number of convictions are for violent crimes versus not violent. My yeah. guess is there's probably more people who've gotten arrested for nonviolent offenses. Almost, Almost certainly. certainly. Yeah. Because yeah. what's the, the big thing in the prison uh, reform system or the prison reform movement? Jaywalking? Is that, yeah. Is that, that the, you know, prisons Depending are full of people yeah. who are nonviolent offenders who yeah. have minor drug charges. 
things or, you know, ridiculous things like nonviolent things. Like I drove without a license because I had to get to work. My ex was arrested in a protest for literally on the citation said attempted to give food to the public. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Yeah. How That's, dare she? Or him. Uh, she was That's terrible. Awful. She was just anyway. Monster. Yeah, yeah. indeed. <laughs> well, so. you got to keep them out of work. But, yeah. but the, sure. the thing is, even going beyond that, I'm going to go, you know, full <laughs> radical here and point out. OK. Even if you have been convicted of a violent offense, this is a country that says, OK, well, supposedly, culturally, we say that we do this once you've been to prison once you've served your time uh you you've paid your debt to society and you should come out and be able to rejoin it <laughs> yeah and of course you can do that when you can't find the job right yeah okay. it's so easy to do that's that said there are certain jobs that you shouldn't be in if you have been convicted of crimes like if you are a sex offender you should not work yes. with children yes or or like in any capacity with that would yeah. allow you but those like jobs that require that also require background checks yeah which are fine as long as you can you know justify and say yes we'd like to hire this person and mm-hmm. then you do that and if you find anything that's that's another thing but i am positive i've never encountered this situation but i'm positive that there are employers out there who'd be like oh no this is a, a liability without even doing it well it, it that that is what it is isn't it it's a liability thing they don't they are worried that down the road this employee will do something and they'll be blamed for it which Goes back. It, basically, what they're mad about is that they can't do a full Yankee white background check. You yeah. know, the kind of thing you need to work <laughs> at, like the Joint Chiefs of Staff or something, like that, on yeah. every single person, and that it's not free. And right. and that kind of thing, like like if you, we have the largest prison population on the planet, and yeah. the fact that we had a, uh, or in some states, it's still legal to do this to to ask about your criminal convictions before you're even interviewed, and that kind of thing it it's really really bad that you we have a system that allows applicants qualified applicants to be disqualified yeah. right from the start when we have more this is the bigger problem for us than any other country on the planet right it's right. kind of loading it up right because we're, yeah. We're, yeah what's the number what's the likelihood of somebody applying having a criminal record pretty high in america yeah i mean it really <laughs> is it really is especially if you're a person of color yeah yeah, so this is this is an incredibly discriminatory discriminatory practice. Right. I think my favorite part about this email, um, I mean, we've already established that this person has no idea how to write. Yeah. But there's a line in the you know practical tips you'll take away. Uh, one of the bullet points is understand how to apply the EEOC's three part test to ensure past conviction really is relevant to the job applicant or to the job the applicant will be performing. So you're essentially reverse engineering this process. <laughs> In order to automatically disqualify them, mm-hmm. like that—that that, am I reading that wrong? That's what that sounds like, right? No, no. Yeah. What it's it, what it's basically saying. Well, first of all, even if I I guarantee you that most of the time they're not going to be conducting that three-part yeah. test. They're just going to go, oh, you check the box, your resume goes in the trash. Yeah, that's that. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and and in our and unfortunately, if you are someone with a criminal record, you're probably not applying for like the dean position at a university or something, right? right? No, you're probably pr- applying for probably. what you can get, mm-hmm. which and those jobs are Unless hard to you're get. You're a white collar yeah. criminal, oh, you're like, white, yeah. but, like you're but this doesn't apply. We know. Let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. This yeah. doesn't apply they to white collar criminals. We not know at that. all. Well, so you're not applying. You're applying to entry level jobs. Yeah. You're applying to lower paying jobs, which means they don't care. And you know what? If there, there's going to be other applicants, yeah. so and there's going to be turnover. There's going to be a reason just, to get rid of that person yeah. anyway. Yeah, no right. problem. Yeah, and and I think on this show we talk we rehabilitative justice is a little bit outside of the um, of the scope of this show, but we can I I think from that point of view, if we want to move towards a system that I think is ultimately more just for people who have committed some social offense or something along those lines then you can't take away their economic prospects. All you're going to do is, from from even the point of view that we say we endorse culturally, it's just going to cause recidivism. It's going to cause further problems because really what it's about is yeah. about expanding the underclass. Yeah, it's doubling the punishment. Yeah. You're getting mm-hmm. punished before, you're getting punished during your time and you're getting punished yeah. after repeatedly. Yeah, yeah. We, we, in this country, we have a really disgusting view of criminal justice in that, you know, it's it's actual punishment. It's not rehabilitation. It's punishment. It's you have some kind of moral failing, um, and so therefore you are worthy of having your rights taken away. Yeah, if you didn't listen, if you really wanted this job in 2018, you wouldn't have committed that crime in 2010. 
Yep. I mean, if you really wanted this job, why did you commit a yeah. crime 12 years ago when you were a teenager? Well, you know, Alfred, you mentioned how <laughs> the one specific thing that you should be able to ask about is, uh, have you shot up a workplace? And yeah. <laughs> it's interesting you should mention that. Uh, okay. Uh, because I've got an email sitting here that is titled, Workplace Violence Plus Active Shooter, Open Parentheses, <laughs> Latest Trend, Close Parentheses. <laughs> What's the latest trend? Active like, shooting? Active shooting, apparently. I guess I, versus like, passive shooting? I don't... Anyway, <laughs> it's about you, your management, and your people. So they yeah. mentioned any employer is 18 times more likely to experience workplace violence, WPV, than a fire at work. We deploy fire prevention systems in every oh. facility, yet the vast majority of employers don't do anything about WPV. Sure, your management has a WPV policy. They're against it. Okay. They, like, uh, pronoun usage is very important. Uh, what is, who is the They. I have such. And what are great, they against? What is the yeah. it they are against? I have such wonderful experiences with bosses and HR people trying to use pronouns correctly and failing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it's supposed. Basically, they just don't want anybody to well, to shoot the workplace well, up, right? Look at look at. Let's go to the fire prevention yeah. things because okay, so we all know how this works. The, the the loud alarm goes off. You're thinking to yourself, I hope this lasts long so I don't have to go back to my desk for a while. <laughs> right. right. Right? There's somebody who's the quote unquote fire warden for your floor mm -hmm. department. They may have a hat. Everybody, <laughs> there's always one person who doesn't go. It's, there's always one person right. who closes their door, doesn't go in the fire. I'm just not here. Right. Just, just, I got, I'm too busy. So it's not taken seriously. Right. In the same way kids didn't take it seriously, even in fire drills when you're a kid. Right. What would a workplace, what, what is, I mean, the active shooter thing is only going to be traumatizing. Yeah. Because yeah. what kind of drill are you going right. to do? You're going to prepare us or not tell us or yeah. just surprise us? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've been in a number of active shooter drills, mm -hmm. and they're long and kind of, like, they're very important, unfortunately, but they're just a slog when the, the only true thing that's going to happen is there will be utter chaos. Yeah. And, and planning for it and that kind of thing is is more in, like to make everybody feel good than than actually going to be helpful. Isn't Absolutely. it liability too? Because if we've yeah. trained everyone, then well, they, yeah, they should have followed the procedure. Yeah, well, very good. It's probably also so that they can get insurance to cover it. Mm. Oh yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> if yeah. you because if you look at what they're telling you, it's oh you know you'll learn from this program latest active shooter trends. I guess what they're wearing. Um, <laughs> what are the, the facts? Trends. You know what are the facts and myths of workplace violence? And wait for this because this is the part that really steamed my hams here. Mm. What's the profile of the perpetrator? What's the research yeah. on active shooters? Oh. And you yeah. mentioned yeah. liability. How to protect your management's posterior? What they actually care Best about. Best line in any of these. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, that's the like, first thing that should go. Yeah. Oh. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They physically mean that because look at this. The deadly face of an active shooter in your workplace is over in the first four to eight minutes, statistically, before the police can arrive and deploy. This means your employees are the first responders. Am I wrong in reading that to essentially mean human shields? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, they, they want this situation, and I think they're selling this. I imagine this is a very popular uh, seminar, too, because they have a coupon code at the top. That I don't they know if do. you noticed that. There's a coupon code. Yeah, you can code. save $20 Ooh. off of, what, like well, 350 okay, yeah. this, this brings up an issue of workplace design. Yeah. I find I'm always fascinated by this. Where do people sit? So let's see who are the lowest paid employees at any particular place you work, and where mm -hmm. do they sit? Usually near the door, yeah, front right? Line. First one. Where's yep. if you're in a school, where does the principal sit? Or the, if you're the superintendent at the district office, yeah. or you work at a certain pharmaceutical company like I yeah. did, and the, he was on the 24th floor, yeah. yep, 300 feet from the nearest Completely elevator removed. behind six doors, right? This was, right. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's not accidental. They they are already planning for workplace shooting by having yeah. low paid expendable workers in the front. Yeah. You know, yeah. And and I think this it's pretty well established. I think now that. There's a fantasy out there, particularly oh, yeah. among <laughs> among white men of a certain oh, yes. age, that they they would be the hero that would go in and get the bad guy What's themselves. That, that Bruce Willis thing, Die Hard. It's die the hard. Die Hard yeah. thing. I yeah. would I would hide in the air vents. First off, mm -hmm. air vents are not that strong. No. And if you were even half my size, you'd yeah. struggle with the air vent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, like. It's a fantasy, and, and, you know, I imagine that these employers or anything, they're going to go into the seminar, and they're going to be real gung-ho, and they're be like, we're going to have a tactical strategy for dealing with this. And, and coming up with it themselves 
which is definitely not their jobs. Hey, they've been playing what's a, what's a good word? Doom or whatever. I don't know what the kids play today. Fortnite yeah. right now. Call of Duty. That yeah, kind Call of, of Duty. Yeah. yeah. Well, the the thing that really the thing that really got at me is this idea of what's the research on active shooters and then what's the profile of the perpetrator? Because again, all of these emails, all of these resources, all of these methods are ultimately used against employees. They're used against workers. Mm -hmm. So if you have an HR person, if you have uh, a manager who's gone to one of these webinars, you know who they're going to be thinking is going to shoot the place up? It's not going to be the suck-up they hired through their right. behaviorally-based <laughs> interviewing yeah. with 338 questions. Yeah. It's going to be the person who says one day at uh, you know, over enough. lunch in the cafeteria, yeah. I've had enough. Oh, God, I want to kill myself. Something yeah. along those lines <laughs> where yeah. they express an emotion that is negative because yeah. it turns out that working kind of sucks in general. Yeah. And you're not going to be, you know, the guy who is happily socializing with his coworkers and whom everyone hates yeah. is not going to be the person you look at when you go, who is going to cause this? Mm -hmm. It's always going to be the free thinker. Yeah. It's always going to be the person. You know who it is? It's going to be a dude. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 90, I mean, if you want to yeah. go by profile right yeah. off the bat. It's yeah. 97% of all, yeah. all workplace shooters are male. Yeah. Yep. Like, you know, don't even look at... Everything else, who cares? Yep. They will. What be else mad. do they have? But they Access to up, many firearms, exactly. usually. Mm -hmm. They also and make up the largest portion of the workforce, too. Yeah. So yep. are you not going to hire them because <laughs> right. they're the most likely? Like, and yeah. usually they have domestic violence records, too. That's true. Mm -hmm. It turns out that if you use violence to solve one kind of problem, you know. So you you're go. really talking about the majority of the workplace. Yeah. Mm. Probably. Ultimately. Yeah, yeah, ultimately you're talking about the majority yeah. of the workplace. Yeah. So so when they're saying the profile, they're, they're trying to give you predictive information be like ah i can see i always knew it was going to be chad chad was going to come and get <laughs> us all this time <laughs> what gave it away well chad has 750 rifles right yeah and chad yeah. is always saying god i hate that whatever yeah, <laughs> yeah. i hate here. that person you know I, what? I can't believe i haven't gotten away with this already. and they, then they yeah. yeah yeah you know what i think they should do is this person should get together with a behaviorally based interviewing person <laughs> oh my and god and then i think that would be maximum yes. predictability yeah there you, go. you would know when you're hiring somebody you could just get up there and be like, yep. so tell me about one time that you felt like your boss deserved yeah. to be assaulted. Since, <laughs> since I mean, we're, that would yeah, be well, all of us. Yeah, I mean, yeah. who wouldn't, that would take forever. Since, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, how much time, how many hours? Do you, I would like to see an experiment where we test out some metrics where we minimize the possibilities that your employees are unhappy. Yeah. yeah. So we pay them well. We give them ample vacation, right. give them adequate, mm -hmm. uh, better than adequate health care for nothing, let's say. Mm -hmm. we, you know, we, do, we give them the world that we want it to be and, and maybe see if that helps reduce any violence. Right. Because yeah. the, the other thing is the active shooter is not the most common workplace violence. That's right. the extreme case. Right. Most workplace violence is not that. It's the somebody who's yelling and screaming at the boss, yeah. trying to hit somebody. Like it's... it's yeah. Or, assault or things. Yeah, or my favorite is is how your customers or whatever can be violent to you, but you just have oh, yeah. to sit there and yeah. take it. Yeah. yeah, a lot of times when you when you talk about workplace assault, like uh, even mm -hmm. the even the cases with guns and things, there's an incident before that. Yeah, and those incidences are not dealt with in a way that is mutually satisfactory. Right, it's someone is th this is the disgruntled part. Right, so maybe HR should stop thinking we're not the right. complaint department. Right, ah. <laughs> or 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 should they? It's funny you should mention that. Yeah. Do, what do we know about that? It's uh, like I, like you said. Funny you should mention that. There we have an email here, conducting workplace investigations. Ooh. Should we what? Until, dun, dun, dun. Should we take a break and then? Yeah, we're gonna we should take a break and then we'll we'll so coming go up, into the Sherlock Holmesian investigation complaints. Hey, hey guys, you know that feeling you have at work, that dead inside feeling. Bad news, we can't really help with that. Good news, we can help you waste some time at work. You're listening to Punching Out on WAYO LP FM Rochester. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. So let's talk about complaints. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about complaints, why don't we? Because nobody has complaints about work ever. Definitely. Nobody. We don't have nobody. an entire radio show. Yeah, yeah we totally have not produced, what, 25? 27 or whatever 27 episodes. episodes now. <laughs> uh, so this one starts off, let's face it. Most HR professionals are dealing with a lot of employee complaints almost every day. You don't say. It's like, <laughs> that's their job? Here is, uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. No. I, I am assuming is, and I'm being logical. I'm here is just a. How dare you? 
oh, this is actually in the wrong email, but no. Specifically, they want to shift HR from being the complaint department back to the human resources department. What does that mean? You know what it'll never be? The praise department. Oh. (laughs) Well, that's what they wish it would be. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, So we've got, here is just a quick snapshot of the complaints that come to HR. He's harassing me. That's your job. I'm working in a hostile work environment. That's also your job. She's a bully. Fix that? I'm not one of my boss's favorites. That's in single quotes. So I didn't get... Blah, blah, blah. We're not going to get a fix that? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't get... I didn't get the promotion because I'm... Blank. Was this like match game? He's just retaliating <laughs> against me. <laughs> because of Am blank. I wrong, or are all of these literally human HR people? Who else job? would you ever? At what? Yeah. Where else would that be? Do they like, think the employee complaint department is the bar? If you think that your <laughs> boss is discriminating against you, you can't go to your boss and say, "Hey, I think you're discriminating think, against yeah. me." You you, you try going to, go to your boss else. and say, "I think you're back racist. to workplace violence yeah. yet again." This. Uh, <laughs> Well, yeah. What, what do you do? About, what do you do to complain? We here's the thing, though. You know, we all complain to our coworkers, right. which sets up a problem because you might be complaining to the coworker who actually loves right. the right. boss of the That's company. That's the problem. Yeah. So. And oh, and it gets worse. And on and on it goes. Today, HR has become the place where everyone wants to complain, and they do frequently. Well, that's a problem on so many levels. However, the biggest problem is that most HR professionals have not had the proper training in how to handle complaint <laughs> intake and conduct and conduct, sorry, investigations. So when an employee stomps, pay attention to that language again, stomps into HR to complain, what are you supposed to do? Again, I don't know. Your job? Yeah. You're supposed to take that complaint seriously. Yeah. You're supposed to actually document it and maybe follow up with the person that it's right. relevant to. And yeah. then, and if you don't, and something happens, then suddenly there's a whole other set of issues and problems, right? right? Yeah. And I isn't try. that like the whole point that you're yeah. supposed to avoid liability? You cannot both have a department that doesn't that doesn't deal with employee complaints that is still concerned about people suing the company. That's not a thing. Yeah, and and you know, here in Rochester, we definitely don't know anything about. Uh, Work, com- yeah, workplace EEOC complaints, complaints. Not nothing about being harassment handled appropriately. No, no, no. Yeah. or no. our specific jobs and officers whose only purpose is to mitigate right. and prevent these right. kinds exactly. of things. But allegedly, everything those in, in those situations were done was done by the book. <laughs> oh, absolutely, is, is what they've told us. Anyways, that was all done by the book. Full But again, like, who are you? If if that if you know the situation we're alluding to is happening. Who else are you going to go to? Like, uh, how do you? Well, in general, how would yeah. you? In any instance that you've ever experienced where you've had conflict or some kind of thing, I I think we all tr- like to think we could try to talk through right. it or whatever. But then there are moments when you just can't, and you have a legitimate grievance, which may or not may not be criminal or right. financially problematic for the company, but it's a work. It's a yeah. A genuine mm-hmm. issue that is impeding your ability, c- ability to, to, to yeah. do the work or to feel safe or to feel mm-hmm. in any... Where yeah. do you complain? Uh, there was, you know, there is the, um, what are they called? The um, mental health services for employees, employee assistance services or... Employee e- assistance e- program. Yeah. program. Employee yeah. assistance program. Yeah. Well, that's what those are. Yeah, yeah, EAP. And yeah, but that's, you know, you get like three three sessions yeah. or something and, and... Yeah, somebody on the phone. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey... Not, not very feeling helpful. happy, and they're not they're not they're not acting as like an ombudsman or, or a mediator right. between right. you and whatever. They're just helping you de-stress, which I think is great. I just think that should be a th- it shouldn't be yeah. an employee assistance program. It should just be all the time, yeah. right, present and available, right. And I think what to to defend this email just a tiny <laughs> bit. Narc. I think okay. I know. <laughs> I definitely am. Um, I think what they're trying to to say little bit is that not all issues are complaint level like there are things you can do between employee and supervisor that can mitigate these problems before they're even actual big problems and they become levels of complaints and that involves having an open honest discussion and having trust and everything like that but (coughs) that's not the culture we live in no the trust thing is important and having like it's great like i have a good relationship with my boss Mm -hmm. and i feel very comfortable making complaints and various things Mm -hmm. but that took a while i i knew my boss before i was hired like if your boss and and you and your boss do not have a kind of relationship where that's comfortable or you and your colleague you're stuck right there's there's no nice easy way to do it yeah well and often the the reverse is also true 
Because if, if some kind of negative thing happens in a relationship with somebody that you know well, then you have the problem of having to yeah. approach this person that you know very well and, yeah. and that you... And say, hey, you're being a... Uh, yeah. A poopy face. <laughs> a, yeah, you're being a poopy yeah. face. I think if all I think if Technical all complaints are being to be an octopus like duty head. Yeah. <laughs> well, but Keep that comes professional. It comes to that point of respect. Yeah. And, and really is respect. And unfortunately, I think the cir- the circumstances of our workplaces maybe modulate that too much and control mm-hmm. that too much because mm-hmm. how can you get if you complain you become the complainer right, right. you become the malcon the yeah, malcontent malcontent. Yeah. malcontent yeah you become the person who's never happy with anything you become the person <laughs> for whom nothing is ever good enough and to some degree we culturally believe in always you know progressing and always moving well, forward and always doing better but mm. that doesn't seem to ever be true yeah, when it's comes to doing better by our employees. Yeah, we kind of talked about this on the last episode I was on, but the person who is the malcontent, the agitator, uh, is usually a woman and mm. usually a person of color. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because they, you know, especially when you're dealing with issues of racism at work, if you're actually addressing these problems right. head on oh, yeah. and trying to come up with solutions, that's problematic and that's... It's seen you know, as you're, divisive. You're, exactly. So so it's really easy. The solution is to replace the, the malcontent, the person who's mm-hmm. agitating. Um, so the same problems still exist. And and I think not, not to, again, not to push back on anything you've said, <laughs> to be maybe overly, overly fair to these... Narc. Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> oh, well. uh, like I said, this podcast needs a villain. But you've got... The email tries to basically say, here are some things that are not an HR issue. Mm-hmm. These are things that managers should have to deal with. But like you've just said, a lot of those issues are things that people have to go to HR because you cannot approach your boss with them. Yeah. Like the, the, the reason human resources has become the employee complaint department is because we have a skewed power relation in the workplace yeah. that makes it impossible to approach a supervisor from any, I mean, you don't have any power over this person. You cannot approach them with any complaint about their conduct because, Mm -hmm. yes, they might be affable, they might be a a friendly person, but the moment you complain about their conduct, more than one of us sitting in this room probably has a story about somebody who turned into a fire breather the moment that that (laughs) happened. That's That's a good term. A fire breather. Fire breather. Yeah. That's, That's also a difficult term title. because that, that also usually gets used for people who are pushing back from the other side. Oh. And, you know, shrill and, and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, 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 especially if you're, you know, a woman. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or identify as female. Yeah. Well, I, but I also find that it, it becomes difficult in certain workplaces. I'm not mentioning any that I have may or may not have any experience <laughs> with, but there are when there are poorly trained or not trained or completely incompetent or downright almost evil <laughs> um, people who are in administrative roles yeah. who are the right who are the sort of middle space between actual power to be to change things and not. And they are the gatekeepers. Yeah. And unf- then you're even, it's even worse because you can't get to the boss mm-hmm. because the person who is the sort of next in line is preventing that from happening. Yeah. And so you, and then if you do, you find the boss in the copy room and mm-hmm. you take five minutes and you talk to them, that's even worse because yep. that person who feels, who was already terrible in the middle there is going to make it even worse because now right. they think you've you gone know, over their head. Undermine them. Yeah. So we have to have a system. A complaints department might not be a bad idea. In yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. Think how fun it would be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that SNL routine, simmer down now. No. Nope. You guys Sorry. are you guys are so young. Well, we're you guys are millennials. Yeah. Yeah. My God. Hey, how do millennials do in the workplace? How do millennials deal with complaints? What millennials do- wants? I think that's what we're all wondering. What we want to know wants. What yeah. do millennials wants? <laughs> yes. Uh, in case you're what wondering, what we really, really wants. What we yeah. I, I don't think any of us. In case you're wondering, no, we have not forgotten how to conjugate a verb. The title <laughs> of this last email is "What Millennials Wants." And how to manage them. It almost sounded like a um, dating site or something. Like, what millennials want in a partner? <laughs> yeah. A film starring Mel Gibson. I, I, I'm almost... Ew. Oh. oh, that's so gross. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're going to cut this out. It's yeah. fine. Uh, no, I think um, that's exactly what actually would come from this webinar is, is like how to woo the millennials how to make them feel and i have a feeling all their solutions are going to be like how, how, yeah have some like 
open spaces, maybe some beanbag chairs. Put some music Wait, on. Is that really? That yeah. sounds like it's wooing my generation. It's not like <laughs> yeah. I would thought I they would have been say. like, hey, we'll, yeah. we'll build an app. Yeah, you we'll that's what it is. We'll get a yeah. Slack channel. We'll there do a whole Slack channel. That's a good one. You know, you go. we'll have yeah. an Instagram them, account. Yeah. You know, because we let them order lunch to their offices. Oh, yeah. Avocado toast. Avocado, Avocado toast. toast. Oh yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause no home ownership. That's a yes. big one too. Well, you know, the reason we can't own homes is because <laughs> we're buying toast. avocado toast. A that's thing why. I have literally never eaten in my life. Yeah. <laughs> is it avocado on toast or is it avocado? No, it's avocado on toast. Oh, avocado on toast. If if you I don't get if it, if you check it out, this is uh, it, it's again one of those examples of something that used to be uh, food for the lower class, and now it's been adopted by basically um, you know Silicon Valley tech bros and hipsters and whatnot, and so now it's it's a whole issue. Okay, so I am uh, full disclosure. I am not a millennial. I am squarely in the Generation X. So kind of like your older brothers in the <laughs> yeah. workplace. Okay. Not I'm not yeah. Grandpa Boomer, Got but. It. Um, so tell us what yeah. tell us a little bit about what millennials wants. What millennials <laughs> wants and how to manage them. And the modern to... yeah, it's great. In the modern workplace, millennials are often stereotyped as being lazy, entitled, and not having a work ethic. And if you <laughs> okay, oh wait, we gotta for, stop. no 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 wait wait wait. Okay. <laughs> because it makes me so <laughs> mad. <laughs> and if you ask a managers <laughs> from generation oh, come on. Yes. Or the baby boomer generation, yeah. they will tell you that it's just plain frustrating to deal with oh, these kids. I'll, I'll be the Gen oh, X to deal no, with these awesome. meddling kids who just want to text all day and get oh on Facebook. God. Get on the Facebook. Okay, first of all, do you know who's on Facebook yeah. more than anybody Older else? Older people than me. Yes, yeah. boomers. Exactly. Like this, I'm sorry, I get really angry about the millennial suck routine. Yeah. Like, I just, it's so stupid. And first, uh, like, let's just call it out, entitled generation. Um, uh-huh. How about the generation that has pensions mm-hmm. and no right? student loan debt and oh, still yeah. got social security? Oh, buy, wait. What that can buy a house right out of college? What generation could go to might that be? Out of high school, you can buy a car. Co- oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Boomers? <gasps> sorry. I'm going to say it. I'm, I, I'm, I am closer to the boomers, and I will say it's their fault. Yeah, I'm, it is. You know, I'm I'm one of these... <laughs> Boomers uh, listening, I'm like, oh, that's it now. That's now. <laughs> They're wagging their fist. Okay, let's be honest. <laughs> this episode isn't... This this The show isn't super this, for the boomers. No, anymore. not no. at all. No. And and as much as interge- intergenerational warfare is in some <laughs> way, shape, or form classist, at the same time, I mean, you cannot, you cannot create a generation. You cannot set down the cultural norms that are going to define a generation yeah. and then complain that the exact thing that you wanted to see happen occurred. Yeah. Yeah. I set this thing on fire. Why is it not there anymore? Yeah, yeah. We've, we've talked on this 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 show about how unemployment is a cyclical problem and and it's it's supposed to be there and it's not somebody's fault for the most part that they're unemployed. But this idea that that millennials are lazy and that's why we can't afford houses and we're drowning in debt and everything like that is is because we're lazy. That makes me so mad. There was a point in my life when I was working three jobs at a time, working 60 hours a, le- a week. I was exhausted. I was like, losing hair. I was so tired all the time and stressed out. And and the, the idea that it was because of my fault and, and it's on mm-hmm. me is so offensive. Wow. You're not entitled if you expect to be able to live. Oh, yeah. How dare That's you? That's not Back entitled. in my day, we used to have to walk 75 miles backwards. Just to get a potato. Uphills, both ways. both ways. Six feet of snow. To have two potatoes. Yeah. To be fair, we had no school. Some parts of Rochester, that that is possible. Yeah. But, (laughs) um, yeah. Well, again, and I'm not speaking for millennials, but you know, you you guys may, you may look out because the bubble might actually burst for student loan debt, let's say, and you might actually benefit. Whereas Mm -hmm. I'm going to be in the generation still stuck with the sandwich generation, getting stuck with everything. Maybe. I don't know. I I have a feeling like I'm really pessimistic about. A lot of things going on with with my generation, um, student loan debt. Like even if it did, like the bottom fell out of it and everything, I have a feeling they'd still somehow make it worse for us. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they're not going unless they can profit off of it. That's well, not happening. Yeah. I didn't get my student loans until the same time as millennials did. I, I went back to mm-hmm. school late, so like right. I'm I got hit with the seven percent interest. I'm I'm in the six figure student loan land, yep. and and so is my spouse, and we're. And we're not yeah. millennials, so I have. I'm going to be working. I'm going to be paying my student loan debt until I'm actually the age of a boomer. Like I'm going to mm-hmm. be retirement age and yeah. still stuck doing it. I have a lot of. I actually have a lot of 
respect and admiration for millennials. Yeah. I'm very impressed by them. If they can yeah. manage to just, I think, avoid being thoroughly co-opted by commercial products that yeah. run their lives, I think everything is yeah, going to be... Yeah, I mean, well, that's, and that's, that's true the of thing. every generation. Yeah, yeah. Well, Especially yeah. damn boomers. Yeah, the, it's the boomers' fault. <laughs> They're the ones that sold it. They're the ones right. that did the marketing that's to the youth. Thing. They, the, created, yeah. they, they created the institutions... And then got mad that people reacted in the exact way that they wanted or, them to. Or even worse, they're mad that we're mad about it. Like right. they 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 don't understand. Uh, we see these problems and we say, "Hey, we should be able to fix these. Why aren't we fixing these?" Oh. And they go, "Oh, how dare you!" Who we Who? didn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to speak for millennials, right? Well, millennials <laughs> didn't live here long enough to really yeah. destroy the planet yet. Whereas, right. right. The, you know, let's go back to the 50s and 60s, and what are we mm -hmm. starting to mean? We can trace a lot of the global, global warming, the change in temperature, and how it mm -hmm. suddenly happens. Coincidentally, before the boomers are born, yeah. it's really starting to, you know... Right. Um, yeah. But that's okay. And millennials <laughs> in the workplace especially, uh, there's issues of ageism. So oh, yeah. as a per like... Me, I can't go into my workplace and say to the older person, "Oh, you old fart! What are you doing? You don't know how to do anything." You yeah, old but you know what? Poop? But to be a, yeah. to be fair, old poops like me know that that's what's happening. Right. Like right. I know that I'm an old person now. But but I can't say that because no. that's ageism and discrimination. But they can look at me and say, "Oh, you youthful child, where are your diapers? Do you need nap time now?" Oh my god, oh. I do. Can I? Yeah. <laughs> why is that? I would like why my is nap. Thank you. listen? I actually Thanks. think living the life of a toddler is a dream. Oh, it's the best. Sleep when you want. Yeah. Eat what so, you want. <laughs> yeah, being being a millennial in the workplace, like they, they how to deal with us and everything. We're people. Just, we're fine. Well, You're and the a monolith. and and the thing <laughs> we're not a monolith. <laughs> and the thing I'll tell you is that when they do take advantage of millennials, it's in very specific ways. So, for example you have companies looking to hire millennials and, and in particular positions. Why? Because they tend to be cheaper. Oh, super Because cheap. they're used to worse economic situations. Yeah. They'll work for peanuts. Yeah. yeah. They generally... We'll work, work for literally nothing. Right. We'll oh, work yeah. for exposure. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll work <laughs> for the chance at a better job. That's true. And so companies go, oh, we can save, you know, literally thousands of dollars if we hire this person. Yeah. So, of course, in certain ways, they're perfectly willing to make uh, to push for millennials, they're perfectly yeah. willing to favor us, as long as they can use us to screw over workers in general. Yeah, they can use us as a weapon against exactly everybody. And else. then, and then they can say phrases like generational resentment in this email <laughs> and use that as, and and create that. And yeah. that's why intergenerational warfare is so classist because it's only ever used to make to abuse everybody yeah. simultaneously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. true. That's well, true. And I, at the one ha hand, you have the fact that companies will hire millennials because we work for nothing and we're dirt cheap and we'll, mm -hmm. we work, we literally work ourselves to death for, for, to, in order to survive, but we're lazy and entitled. Well, you get well. You you have to understand it's the same exact way that adolescents have been framed in the last hundred and twenty mm -hmm. years in America. Mm -hmm. Adolescents are simultaneously smart, clever, right, and blah blah blah, but. They're also completely incompetent, mm -hmm. uh, you know, impulsive and hormonally driven. But right. on the other hand, they can also work, blah blah blah, and do X, Y, and Z. Just like there's there's yeah. there's, there's a yeah. you know pick pick one. Yeah, yeah. Don't be a hypocrite. No, and and it's it's particularly annoying to see this kind of thing being uh, deployed against millennials because from the point of view of I work with a number I work with an increasing number of people in my generation. Yeah. I was one of the few when I got I I think I was actually the only one when I yeah. got hired and more people have been hired from my generation since and some of them um may exhibit, you know, behavior X or behavior Y that people associate with my generation but no more than our mm -hmm. older coworkers. Of course. Yeah. There is no difference there. The difference is that our older coworkers have gotten used to each other. They know each other well. We're coming in, and if we exhibit the behavior that they used to pull when they were our age or that they pull now, we are suddenly different because, oh, you know, when I was your age, I would have been grateful just to have this job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, there are definitely, there are always intergen. This is the thing. There is always an intergenerational problem mm -hmm. in right. some way. We always, every every younger generation 
makes the older generation feel like they're, you know, like, oh, you people, you old people don't really get it. You're not yeah. hip. You're not. Th and that's just a common thing. Mm -hmm. But it's accelerated greatly now. And it's really between Gen X. It's between millennials and the boomers. Yeah. Right. Gen X is a very small sliver in this. Yeah. It's the boomers and the, and the millennials. And interestingly, they share a lot of things. They're large, large group of people, population-wise. <laughs> um, and, you know, where I think that I think they lived at a time when war was a thing. It was palpable. If you were born in the 50s, you had Korea, then you lived through Vietnam, et cetera. You guys have not lived outside of a war yeah. ever, right? right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's which is which is why the entitlement thing is so funny to me because yeah. you're you literally do not know what the world is like, mm -hmm. minus yeah. your country right. being actively involved in. Neither do Gen Xers, <laughs> right. frankly. Yeah. But yeah, no, but probably I think it's what eighty percent of my lifetime has been the the U.S. has been involved in some kind of. Yep active military involvement we've, we've been bo we've been born into a world with weak unions with no protections for the worker with exactly unions. with massive <laughs> violations of human rights and workers rights the world over with incredible levels of globalization and all Wealth of the inequality inequality uh, all of the human and environmental consequences and yet you still persevere and you still try and i think that's one of the reasons you're resented because yeah. you, the world is still bad, and yet here you are, thriving, doing, working hard, all this stuff. It's there. I think the resentment isn't so much that you're entitled. The resentment is that you show how entitled they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You. It's just like with the HR people. If you make them, you know, if you make them look incompetent, mm -hmm. you're horrible. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. So you you overachieve, <laughs> competent. Well, look. To be fair, you guys have more college education yeah. than than the boomers had. Yeah, so you're already you're already like mm -hmm. you know yeah, and it's not even through choice for <laughs> no. the most part because I know almost everybody I graduated with immediately went into a master's or PhD program because yeah. they had no choice there were oh, no yeah. jobs yeah anywhere Absolutely. yeah true and and so we yeah. have increasing debt because that's a profitable mar market for you know our government is to mm. just make money off of our education I, if if I have experienced one thing working with millennials and I work with a lot of millennials. But the one thing I experience is a thing that I actually feel very sympathetic to, but I can't share. I don't have the I don't have the experience of it, which is they are extremely unhappy at how the systems continue to fail. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. we, I think older generations sort of like you had said, we've got a, we've got accustomed to failure. We yeah. d we don't we we're, we're done. That's I just mean, how it goes. That's just how it goes. Whereas you guys mm -hmm. come to the workplace like, why is everything's yeah. not working the way it should? Why are we doing? Why are we putting in our effort? Why yeah. are we doing the job that we should be doing? <laughs> right. Yeah. And everything else refuses to cooperate. How dare you expose our, our conspiracy of incompetence for the last fifty yeah. years? Damn yeah. You. And 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 I so think also in in terms of compensation at work, um, especially, I think there's been a bigger push in, in unionization in the past two years than there has been the past mm -hmm. twenty or two decades. Um, when I was in Teamsters Union, there were very few people who were young. Yeah. And when I was in, most of the Teamsters, had most of them were older. Um, I didn't, I was one of the youngest yeah. people that worked. I was 17 when I joined Teamsters, and I was in New York, and I was one of the only people. Sure. I was. I got mm -hmm. my union card. I still have it. <laughs> 17. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Teamsters local, 814. Um, <laughs> so millennials, um, you guys need a nap? I think we're about time to wrap up. I mean, the thing is, <laughs> naps really are awesome. Yeah, who, I, what's funny is like... Naps are so good. I don't take naps, but I can totally... People who nap, I don't see why they don't have opportunities right. to nap. What's wrong with that? I think what I'd like to do is order some delivery food. Some Froyo. Yeah. Some Froyo. Fro yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So we can increase our debt load. <laughs> yeah, Froyo. Yeah. Synergize our core competencies. There hey, you go. That, I think we invent. I think, uh, to be fair, I think we invented Oh, that. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We're the ones things. who have to use it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's true. That's true. We gave you those terms. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Do, do a good, go, go and go forth and prosper with them. Um, <laughs> you also had to be unfair. Like, you guys do have one advantage. You had way better television options. In the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll give you that. You got, you That's can, you've got yeah, televisions okay. on your phone, so you can watch TV. The dream of my generation is kids were like, oh my God, if we could watch TV like somewhere other than my living mm -hmm. room. <gasps> 
Yeah, that's true. All uh, right, TVs then. everywhere are really cool, um, <laughs> but data is really expensive, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Have it everywhere. Okay, all right. Well, that's our that's our <laughs> punishment that to you. There we you go. invented the systems you have to pay for, right? Thanks, friends. All right. Well, I think uh, we we should wrap up. Um, thanks for listening. Anyone want to say any last words? The because this is are personnel. Over. Say that. We will take over. The millennials will take over. I and hope it'll so. be better. I hope so because I don't want to have to work. There you go. Yeah, that would be nice. I mean, we don't want to work either, but yeah, yeah, I know. But you're 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 younger and more sprightly than the rest of us, so <laughs> fair <that's> enough. It. <laughs> All right, and always remember, HR is not for your complaints. Bye, bye, everyone. Bye. You've been listening to Punching Out. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at Punching Out Wayo. Email us your work stories, complaints, and struggles to punchingoutwayo at gmail.com. Punching Out is a project of the Punching Out Collective. Our producer is Ryan Brister. Music for Punching Out is provided by Ariel Cruz. Tune in next week for more Punching Out. And remember, your boss isn't listening, but we are.